Hello, listeners. It's Philip here. I'm with my brother Peter. Um, Mark is uh, on daddy duty again, but we've got a full podcast coming up. It's our U.S. Open preview, um, and I guess the marquee first round match is Serena versus uh, Maria Sharapova, um, which was a big rivalry, let's say, seven years ago, eight years ago. Um, And it's being billed as if they're like, if it's still like, as if it's like still the major rivalry in sports while like Sharapova is number 82 in the world. And Serena, what's her ranking now? Like, she's, I think she's like, like she's eight. Yeah, she's eight. And like Serena, she's been in the finals of majors like within the past year. So she's still a big name. But this is sort of what, what does this remind you of, Peter? Yeah, it's, it really is just sort of, they're marketing the hell out of it because you got to try and sort of, if there is a chance to, to, to uh, attract people for first round matchups, like you do what you can, but I mean they really are like, like building it up like it's like like it's a it's a a rivalry of the present, um, as if it's. Um, but what it really is to me is is a Kobe Lebron game in the twilight of Kobe's career where Kobe wasn't really Kobe. LeBron is still LeBron and it's like 2013 or 2014. And, um, you can still, you can still hype it up because both of those guys have name brand value. And one, one of the things we were just talking about was how somebody's box office cachet ages a little slower than their, um, than their body does or their performance does. And so the marketers can sort of squeeze, uh, squeeze out just more than the, the person sort of, uh, 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 performance indicates like should be, uh, but it's Joe Biden. Um, for me, I mean, I would, I would have, I like, I've liked him, um, for a while now. I liked Obama. I liked Joe Biden as Obama's vice president. Um, I probably would have liked him four years ago. I probably would have liked him eight years ago, but you see him on the debate stage and you watch him for 10 minutes and you realize that he's sort of turned the aging curve and he's kind of skating on his, on his, uh, on his accomplishments in the past, um, even though he's a little washed and you see Bernie Sanders on stage and he's a little older than, than Biden the same way that uh, Serena is a little older than Sharapova, but um, Bernie's still got like sort of the energy and then who knows how long that will last. But um, yeah, I mean, it's the sort of thing where like one of them is still relevant and the other one isn't really that relevant anymore. Yeah. Those are good examples, like, I think the common thread is just, like, yeah, people being older than their prime in the media, like, trying to pretend that they're not, uh, for 
I guess, television reasons, um, or just, like, pandering to, like, a certain group of diehards. Um, it's almost like a nostalgia pandering. Yeah, nostalgia. nostalgia. Um, and another example I have of it is just, like, famous actors or actresses, like, Sandra Bullock is still playing the hot chick role in, like, some films, and, like, I don't know, she's still a great actress, but she's no longer the hot chick. And then there's uh, Ben Stiller playing the cool guy role in films, and, you know, he's, like, uh, been cool, but I I think he's a little over the hill for that. It's just um, casting... And, like, producers, they're too scared to, like, try and find someone new. Uh, they really want to bank on, like, the diehard fans, like, going to the movies and, like... Yeah, they just go back to rather the Rather than, like, going for the home run, run going for the new person. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, with what made these people famous... Um, and and uh, I will say though that uh, I do think it's it's possible to be the cool older dude. Like I just saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are still pretty cool. Um, George Clooney's been able to be cool. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton is pretty cool sometimes, and it's just sort of like Ben Stiller's thing is being sort of the. Um, it's almost like a young guy version of cool, and um, it's yeah, it's just sort of. I guess he was never really a frat guy, like, um, but he, so that's not one of the ways to paint it, but I don't know, it's just, maybe if you're a comedian, it's harder. Yeah, um, anyway, we're here to discuss the U.S. Open, not, um, not actors and actresses, um. And so did you have any, I guess, first-round matches that really stood out to you? Yeah, so uh, one of them is the just Nick Kyrgios is the, always the ultimate wild card. And I was at, so I was looking at this draw, and um, when it came out, I actually thought he would lose first round because sort of he, he, uh, he sort of, uh, he had the big, tournament in dc and then he he got wiped out in um in montreal and had the debacle in cincinnati and i was just thinking like you know curious has had his result for the for the next three months he's just gonna suck but then i i his first round opponent is steve johnson who in the semifinals of winston-salem won the first set 6-1, and then lost the next two sets 6-love, six 6-love. Six and I just don't know how you bounce back from that. And so I just think that this is a battle of two guys who are sort of at their lows right now, and or sort of, yeah, or kind of trending downward. And uh, I think Steve Johnson's low is a little lower than Kyrgios is low right now. Yeah. It's so hard to like predict Kyrgios. Like I have Kyrgios winning that match. Um, but I'm not confident about it. And you know, Kyrgios is just like, okay, it's, 
he's such a quagmire because like okay he's got a great highest level but he's so i guess painful to watch when he's just berating the referee and giving up bid match um i'm not sure if i want him to win the match honestly um i think one discussion to have is is curious better for tennis than he is bad for tennis or is he worse for tennis than he is good for tennis um because i i'm in the camp of okay the weeks like dc are great but i think the weeks like uh cincinnati are worse than the weeks like dc are good yeah yeah i mean i i actually agree i think um there's so much he he's a table guy. He brings a lot to the table and takes a lot off the table. And what um it would have been awesome if he was just a little more put together so that a lot of the stuff he brought to the table could actually be brought to the table, but not 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 um and there wasn't sort of the the trade-off that is um just sort of inherent to him. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Um, it's just so painful, like, to watch him just... So he was fined $113,000 uh, from, like, which is his entire prize money in the Cincinnati tournament. Um, that's probably more than the referee he was, like, berating it's probably more than the referee makes an entire year it's just like it's just bullying what it is um and it's just not attractive um it's also just he's he plays with kids a lot and like plays ping pong with them and stuff but it's a terrible example to set for these kids who are looking up to him um and i'm not sure he like fully understands that yeah. In fact, I'm pretty sure he doesn't because if he did understand like the impact it was having on these kids, he like presumably cares about. Um, he wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um. He is self-aware though, in some sort of way, where he was like, remember in his podcast, he was in the Rothenberg podcast. He was saying he part of him ho- thought that it was probably good for Tsitsipas not to not to be around him. Yeah, it's past had a good attitude, and he didn't want to like bring Sitsipas down. Yeah, um, there is a chance that like a he does bring people down with a bad attitude, and b like he kind of knows it. Yeah, I think most people when they're behaving poorly, sort of deep down know that they're behaving poorly. Like I definitely do. Um, Yeah, it's uh anyway, it's not a good look. But like yeah, what other what other first round matches stand up to you? Um, let me see. Uh bring up my draw again. So I guess it'll be interesting to see how Hyun Chung is playing. Yeah, um, that's a, that's a good point. Same with uh Kokonakis. Yeah. Kokonakis. Rafa's got some like just uh wild wild cards in there. Um, and I mean, there's, there's the Dennis versus Felix, um, 
showdown for the second year in a row in the first round. In the past, I would have found it more appealing than it is now, just because Dennis is kind of in a in a rut, um, and it's just kind of obvious who's going to win. Um, and I, I don't think Dennis is the only one who's in a rut. I think Felix has lost a few times recently, and they and um, I guess a matchup like that is a lot more fun when both of them are playing well than when both of them are struggling. Yeah. Um, Felix has not been on top of his game this summer. Uh, yeah, and I agree. That's sort of like a, a faux, uh, attraction, first round attraction. Um, and a, a few others that I've circled are, uh, Jack Sock versus Pablo Cuevas, because, uh, Sock hasn't won a match all season, and Cuevas is not all that intimidating on hard court, especially in his this advanced stage of his career. Um, so it's like, can Sock overcome uh, that obstacle? And I have Cuevas winning. Um, another one in that section is Jerry versus Reynich. Reynich has been injured. Jerry has had a decent summer. Um, but I, I have Milos winning, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jerry won. Also, uh, how far do you have uh, Dimitrov going? Dimitrov, second round. You have him losing to Chorch? Yeah. Yeah, I have him beating Chorch. Um, but it's uh, not a majority opinion. Um, and I have him beating like whoever comes out of the Ray in each section as well. Losing to Nishikori in the round of 16. Um, and then, yeah, what other first-round matches are there that um, you've circled? First or second round matches? Second round, I think uh, Stan versus Hercash will be. It's hard to predict just because Hercash won Winston-Salem and it's been doing well. But Stan has the pedigree. Yeah. Um, One that I, I think, circled is uh, Opelka versus Fognini first round. Do you have oh, Fognini yeah. winning? I have Fognini winning. But I just, it's just like no one wants to play Opelka. He's like, he's becoming sort of an, a, uh, a Karlovich type. Yeah, I have Opelka winning that match um, and getting uh, him getting to the third round and losing to Medvedev. Yeah, there's Sanga versus Kachinov. Maybe there's a corpse of, maybe the corpse of Sanga we saw in, against Rafa at Wimbledon is, is, uh, has some juice. Yeah. I have Kachanov winning that. He's He's been playing well this summer. I don't think Kachanov has any trouble. Um, yeah. Yeah. How far do you have uh, Sverov going? Sorry, one, one other one is uh, Dan Evans versus Luca Pui. Yeah. I had a tough time predicting that one. I picked Probably Pui. just because Pui. Oh, another, um, another one that uh, Mark circled was uh, Tsitsipas versus Rublev. Yeah, he, he said his call, his bold call, which I think is a bold call, is that Sitsipas will lose first round. I just don't think it'll happen, but it could happen. Yeah, I picked Sitsipas, um, but like he's got good reasoning. Like, Rublev yeah. beat Federer in Cincinnati and has had a good summer, and Sitsipas has uh, lost in early rounds in both of the major tournaments this summer. Then there's Burdich versus Nikolas Basilashvili. Uh, yeah. I don't know how washed Burdich is. 
but he he uh, he might be in the stage where he's like bringing it for majors. I wonder if Sam Query can do any damage on Novak Djokovic. Um, I think the most damage he does is one set. Yeah, and I doubt even that. Oh, Berrettini versus Gasquet. Who did you pick in that? I Gasquet. Yeah, so did I. I have Gasquet getting to the round of 32. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, beating uh, Bautista Agu as well. Oh, dude, I, I have Bautista Agu beating him. Oh, um, maybe I have him in the round of 16. But yeah, I have him in the round of 16. Then there's a, a potential Zverev-Tiafo clash. I think Tiafo beat him in Australia, so... Um, that's, but I, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, I have Tiafo, I have, I have Zverev winning. I have, I have, uh, Zverev losing in the next round to Benoit Pair. Yeah, it sucks. Um, cause like Tiafo's in sort of the Dennis Felix category, not quite as good, but like he can be very charismatic when he's like playing well, but, uh, he, um, just hasn't been playing well enough to get excited about. And same with Zverev. So, like, on paper, it's just sort of a match that six months ago we would have really liked to see. But now it's just like, all right, like, who sucks more right now? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think Zverev will get past Tiafo. Um, just because... I think Tiafo um, fell into the trap of believing too hard in his Australian Open quarterfinal result. Yeah, um, I think so too. He's just had a crappy season since then, um, and he's sort of—you uh, can tell in like the way he reacted to like making it to the quarterfinals that he uh, he really believed he had arrived at that point. Um, yeah, and it's like how people react to getting mowed down by Nadal is a really telling thing. Like, Sitsipas was like crushed after it, and yeah. he was just so confused. And Tiafo just like he was like, you know, it was a good result. Yeah. Let's see what other first and second round matches. Uh... I think uh, a second round one that I've like uh, circled is Verdasco versus Chung. Like you were saying, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Chung has it. And I think he sort of did, he won a Challengers event and he uh, qualified successfully for the Open. So I think he's fully healthy. He might have done a good job of uh, not coming back until he was ready. Um, Another second round match that could be interesting is Jan Leonard Struff versus Isner because uh, Struff has been playing well and Isner hasn't really put up the results recently. I have Isner yeah. winning though. I think the first round match we missed was Millman against Nadal because yeah. Millman did beat Federer last year. Yeah. Um, uh, but I don't be... expect Lightning to start strike twice. Yeah, I think that's one data point in favor of Nadal just mowing him down because he's known. Nadal yes. Nadal doesn't lose to like known quantities. He loses to unknown guys and like guys with talent. 
Yeah. I wonder how the Kakanakis match would go if it's Nadal versus Kakanakis because uh, on the one hand, Kakanakis is like just a lot more talented than his ranking and has had injury issues. But on the other hand, like, um, I don't know. I could sort of see Nadal having an edge about it because uh, because Kakanakis is boys with Kyrgios. I don't know if that actually factors in at all, but um, I, I think just I just from myself, it's like I remember playing squash and not wanting to lose to anyone from Greenwich. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, Kakanakis. I think his his uh, ceiling against Nadal is winning a set. Same way Query's ceiling against Djokovic is winning a set. I just think it's hard for someone coming back from injury to have enough um, stamina um, and physical strength to to win a best-of-five sets match against Nadal. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they're going to beat Nadal, but, they, but there's a chance that they could sort of um, get some wear and tear on him so that he in a way that sort of uh, uh, hurts his chances to win the tournament. Yeah, cripples him for 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 uh, for other rounds. Um, yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about our rounds of sixteen. So, who do you have in the Djokovic round of sixteen? So I have um, I have Lajevic against Stan. So you have, so you have Lajevic beating Djokovic. No, I don't. Uh, it's Djokovic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, you got me there. Yeah, yeah. I have Lajevic getting to the round of thirty-two, but I mean, Djokovic is just never gonna lose to a person from Serbia, and um, so it's just like, even if Tsarevic beats Lajevic, like Djokovic is just gonna win the round of thirty-two match. Um, and he's going to play Stan. Oh, Lazlo Jair is going to play Stan in the round of 32. At least that's what I have. And that's another Serbian. So, like, all of the Serbians are in, like, one, like, very small section of the draw. Um, yeah, you have Djokovic against Stan, and you have uh, Djokovic winning? Yeah. Yeah, so do I. What about what about the uh, Medvedev uh, section? I have uh, Fognini. I have the Fog Dog against uh, Medvedev. I have Opelka um, against Medvedev. Oh, wow. Bold. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's American. It's the U.S. Open. Americans overperform on home soil, but yeah, I, I think it really is just. I'm also just not super confident in the seated players in that section. Like Basilashvili, um, good player, but maybe slightly overrated right now. Um, and uh, maybe not overrated, because I don't think anyone thinks of him as like awesome, but overranked. Um, He's a dog. Like he, uh, he, he was really tough for Rafa last year. Yeah, yeah, and he somehow has maintained seventeen, the seventeenth. I think it's because he he won the same uh, five hundred level tournament two years in a row. I yeah. think it was like Hamburg or something. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. so he he is a dog, but I mean, 
who knows? Opelka is seven feet tall and serves bombs, and it's America. So I have Opelka winning that match. But I have Medvedev beating Opelka and playing Djokovic in the quarters. Or in the, yeah, the quarters. Yeah, me too. And then, I have Djokovic winning that. Yeah, so we both have Djokovic in the semis. Let's talk about the Federer section. Um, who do you have in the round of 16? Round of 16. Uh, I've got Federer versus Gofan. Yeah, so do I. I have Carreño Busto playing Gofan in 32. Well, one uh, one first-round match we didn't talk about was Guido Pella versus Carreño Busta. Yeah, I have Pella. You have Pella? Yeah, just for just just as an ode to Mark. That's honestly just like a who cares match. Like who gives a shit? Like honestly, who's gonna watch that match? Who's gonna watch that section of the draw? Um, <laughs> like Goffin is fun to watch, but everyone else is just like, okay, that's a court fourteen match. Um, cool. Anyway, yeah, I have a Guffan playing Federer and Federer winning. Yeah. And then I've got Chorich against Nishikori. I've got Dimitrov, Nishikori, and Nishikori winning. Yeah. And then I've got Federer being Nishikori. Yeah, same here. Um, I think, yeah, one common theme of this tournament is the early rounds are just like tough to choose because there are a lot of 50-50 matches, but uh, once you mi- once you get to the quarterfinal predictions, it really goes by seeding. Um, I don't really see many upsets. Um, what, yeah. a- what about this? Uh, I predicted far fewer upsets than I've ever predicted in this tournament. Yeah, my biggest upset is Gasquet making the round of 16 against Tsitsipas. Um, who do you have in that round of 16? I've got uh, Batista Agu against Tsitsipas. And who do you have winning? Batista Agu. I have Tsitsipas winning. Batista yeah. Agu, it's like... He's had a good season, but he's had a few losses against... I don't know. I think his Wimbledon... I don't think he's like... I don't think that Wimbledon semifinal is sort of... He, I think he was at his peak then. I, th- I don't think he's still at that peak. But at least he's consistent. At least he's consistently getting deep into draws. And that's more than you can say about most other people. Yeah, and I don't really I, feel I, I good about having... That far. Because he's actually somebody you can have faith will get through the first two rounds. Yeah, that's. I don't feel that good about having Sitsipas reach the quarterfinals because he's lost in the early rounds so consistently since, like, before the French Open. Yeah. Um, Gasquet, though, has had a really good uh, summer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one result. Um, Cincinnati. He beat Murray. Um, so it sounds good, but he beat uh, Nishikori in uh, Montreal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cool. So, who do you have in the? Do you have uh, Felix against Team? Yeah. And then Team winning in 
playing. Uh, you, I have him against Sitsipas. You have him against Bautista Agu. Yeah, and I have team winning that match, getting to the semis. Yeah, I have team in the semis as well. And then uh, the next uh, the next round of 16, I have, this is Sferov section. I have Benoit Pair beating Sferov in the round of 32 and playing Kachanov in the round of 16. I have Sverev versus Kachanov, and I really hate predicting Sverev because I always over-predict them. And it's like, he could lose to Radu Al- Radu Albut is not a is not a bad first round opponent. Yeah. Like Zverev could Zverev, Zverev could lose first round. Then he could lose to Tiafo or or Karlovic second round. Then he could lose to Pear third round. Um but I don't know, man. It's just like in every single one of those matches I think Zverev is gonna win. Uh, yeah, so I've been losing to Pear. Paris had a good summer. Yeah. Um, but Kachanov is clearly, I think, better than Sverev right now. Do you have Kachanov winning that match? Yeah, I have Kachanov winning that match. Yes, it is. But Kachanov is another one who's, um, he is a little vulnerable. Like, he's not as consistent as, as, uh, He's not so consistent that you really want to be betting on him, um, especially because he's got Pospisil first round, who's kind of tricky. He's got Sanga, then Schwartzman, both of whom are also tricky. Like he, he's got the, for both Kashina. I wouldn't be surprised if neither of them makes it that far. But I, for Nadal's sake, I hope it's not Kashinov. Yeah, Kashinov played really well in Cincinnati. Um, yeah, I would be surprised if Kachanov didn't make it that far. Um, but I hope he doesn't. He, he, he got just like drilled by Medvedev, though. Yeah, actually, he should have won the uh, second set. I think. Um, no, he he should have. I think Medvedev choked, and so he had a chance, but then he didn't take advantage of his chance. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, the the other round of sixteen, you have Isner or Chilich in it. Chilich. Yeah, I have Chilich as well. I have Nadal beating Chilich, um, and then beating Kachanov. Yeah. And then, um, so the semifinals, you have Federer versus Djokovic and Nadal versus Team. Yeah, I have the top four. This I'm is when it up. like really gets interesting. I think the quarterfinals it gets interesting in the semis. Okay, uh, the big three or which of the big three is going to pull this out? Yeah, and team and the doll part two is going to be. I mean, remember their battle last year? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think I just do not. I think the doll will beat team, and I think joke Djokovic. So, so my, the way I have it playing out is I have Nadal against Djokovic in the finals and Djokovic winning. So I have a slightly different like logic. I think if Team is playing at his highest level, like the level he played at last year, and if he actually makes it to the semis, then he's got a good shot at beating Nadal. But I think Nadal is just a safer bet to actually make it to the semis than Team is. So I have Nadal winning that match in my bracket. 
Um, I think that uh, Nadal was actually kind of compromised going into that team match last year. And Nadal being compromised is why team actually had sort of the chance to get a rhythm that he got. Um, I just think, like, because he had those battles against Kashinov and, and uh, Basilishvili. Yeah. And it depends, uh, part of it depends on if Nadal has, how Nadal has done in the previous rounds. Yeah. And so I have Djokovic beating Federer just because I think Djokovic is better than Federer, but it's going to be a dogfight. And I have Nadal beating Djokovic. Um,. Basically because Nadal doesn't have to play Federer in the semis. Yeah, and I think that uh, Djokovic, he might not quite have his, like, top level right now. Yeah. It's hard, it's impossible to say, but, like... Yeah, he lost to Medvedev. He also has a really tough draw, like, Query, second round, Stan, fourth round, Medvedev uh, in the quarters, and Federer in the semis. It's actually, uh, I mean, I would always bet on Djokovic, but um, of the majors so far this year, this is his toughest draw. Yeah, and um, he wasn't playing his best at Wimbledon, right? Like, he should have lost that match. Yeah. And uh, he lost to Medvedev. It's, It's the sort of thing where it's like, he could. I wouldn't be shocked if he just showed up at the U.S. Open and was his like the buzzsaw he was last year, who made Del Potro's forehand look like a like a like a useless shot. Um, but I also I just think that he might be mentally exhausted. Yeah, yeah. I he think better he, actually uh, might be too. I think I think Nadal's big advantage is that he was not in that. He was not. He was not a participant in that final at Wimbledon. Yeah, those are some really good points. Um, one is the the one point at the beginning that uh, Djokovic was actually not the better player in that final, and he was not at his best, um, but he somehow won it. Um, in that sense, like, have you ever felt like you ran out of luck, like you used up all your luck? in one go, and it's just like, okay, karma's got to, like, uh, even itself out. Like, this might yeah, be like, just, like, a I'm, karma I'm evening turn. Right now. Yeah, like, he might lose, like, to Stan or something, just because he, like, sort of got a little too lucky, um, and overstepped the boundary. Um, who knows, That that's all, like, holistic thinking um the the counter argument though is like he maybe it wasn't lucky yeah (laughs) like pretty much every single close match he's ever been in on a big stage he's pulled it out in a way that could have gone either way but because he does it every single time it's probably something to do with him too yeah, it was really interesting hearing him talk about like the mental side of the game and how when when uh, the crowd is yelling Roger, 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 he hears Novak, 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 um, that kind of thing. He is like, in the mental part of the game, he's the best I've ever seen. Um, 
Yeah, it's just like, does he have it for every match, though? Does he really want this? I mean, he's saying the right things. Like, did you see before the tournament, like in his press conference, he said he basically acknowledged that his goal was to beat Federer's Grand Slam record. So maybe he he wasn't his best this summer, but he's he's uh, he's going to bring it. He's going to find the energy for the U.S. Open, knowing that. It's at least like five months until, or like four months until Australia, so he doesn't, so he's got a lot of uh, time to rest until then. Yeah. But I think Nadal is hungry, um, too. Um, And he's playing well, and uh, he should have less mileage on him going into the final than um, either Novak or Roger would. Yeah. Um, but and I, I don't know if I'm not a betting man, but I think like a pretty good bet would be Nadal making the final. And I mean, I guess not really because he gets injured so much. But if he stays healthy, like I think it's a pretty safe bet that Nadal makes the final. Yeah, I agree. Um... I don't know. I'm making all these pro Nadal, anti Djokovic arguments, but at the end of the day, you just got to bet on the better player. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And Djokovic, Djokovic has that head to head like in a deadlock, and yeah. it's not like it's unlikely that one player is going to get like more rest than the other going into the final at the U.S. Open. Um, uh, yeah. I guess what 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 you, what's the safe call is if it is the top four seeds in the semifinals, uh, Djokovic and Federer is going to be the prime is going to be the later match. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be the night match. Um, although the the first half of the draw, the Djokovic half of the draw, plays on Monday, whereas the Nadal half plays on Tuesday. Um, so maybe it is just like they would put team in Nadal at the night match just to give them like a little more rest. Um, yeah, maybe. But I think the semis is a Friday and there's work on Friday in New York. Um, and so, yeah, they would put the main attraction at night. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is our... Uh, U.S. Open preview, um, listeners, uh, we had fun, we hope that you enjoyed listening, um, and yeah, uh, we'll be back, uh, probably mid-tournament, um, for our, talk about all the things we, uh, we predicted, uh, perfectly and imperfectly, and, uh, yeah. Uh, Have a fun uh, opening week to the U.S. Open.